This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. What it really boils down to is extroversion is not better than introversion, and introversion is certainly not better than extroversion. Your introversion just is, period. It needs to stop the weird or there's something wrong with me or whatever. It's just that's a part of who you are. Hi, this is Peter Vogt, author of The Introvert Manifesto, and you are listening to Hush Loudly on WGN. Hi, this is Jerry Bingham. Welcome to Hush Loudly, where we talk about all things introversion. And I am excited to talk to Peter Vogt today. He is the introvert advocate. He's been studying and writing about introverts and introversion for more than 20 years, and he's been an introvert himself for 54 years, though he says he didn't know it for the first 25. He's author, same here, same here, <laughs> he's author of The Introvert Manifesto and publisher of Introvert Insights, a free monthly newsletter that's printed and mailed to subscribers around the world. It is my new favorite newsletter. And so I've gone and I've printed it out because I'm old school and I don't know if this is an introvert thing where I print, I have my highlighter like somebody's teacher or something and I'm highlighting the things that are meaningful to me and then I go back and refer to them. So thank you for, for your fabulous newsletter. Thank you for that. You're, you're just like me and so many other introverts that way that yeah. want to hold something in their hand. Yes, yes. He'll soon be launching an online course called Be the Introvert You Are that will help introverts live their own way and thrive. So welcome, Peter, both to Hush Loudly. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. It's nice to be here. Peter, are you an introvert? Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, I, and I, how did you know or when did you realize it? You know... I know I'm an introvert now, but I spent, like my bio said, the first 25 years or so, I, I just wasn't familiar with the term. I, I'm sure I've heard the word before growing up. I'm sure I had heard the word extroverted and introverted. And I'm sure like so many other introverts or people in general, I just figured that means shy person. I, that's just what I, I, I don't recall ever really thinking of it, except when I was growing up, like so many other introverts, I sort of concluded that something must be wrong with me. Yeah. Because I would struggle to go to the school dance. I've got, you know, stories about that, but it, it just didn't go well. And, it's, and I kept waiting for, I kept asking myself, well, when is the fun part? When is the good part of this come? Because I just don't really like this. So there's, I concluded there's got to be just something about me. And, and that's just basically millions of other introverts have said the exact same thing or thought the exact same thing. Yeah, But I didn't actually figure it out until I was doing a little thinking about this. It would have been August of 1995. I was in graduate school because I have a you know counseling master's degree. And there was an opportunity at the career center to lead what were called career planning groups to help, to help students figure out what they wanted to do with their lives. And part of our training was the Myers-Briggs, taking the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And that is what I do. I vividly recall that day because I got my results back and it was an, it happened to be INFJ for, you know, take it for what it is. But, I'm INFP. Yep. But the, the part that got to me, I, I, I almost sort of disregarded the last three letters because I, be, I immediately became fixated on the introvert 
because what went through my head, Jerry, was, oh my God, there's, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just an introvert. Like there's a name for this and there's a thing called introvert and introversion. And it just completely helped me do a 180 as far as how I felt about what all those things that had happened to me growing up. It, it didn't help me just instantly figure out, you know, like what introversion was all about or any of that. That's been, that's been a work in progress ever since. And it goes on every single day. But that was kind of the turning point, I guess, for me of sort of understanding that somebody could recognize the, the things that I like to do, the things that I preferred to do, the sort of the way I tick, the way I operate. Suddenly it wasn't some kind of other thing that was whatever you want to call it, goofy or wrong or something. It, it was just, oh, this is just a typical way to be the same as extroversion is. And oh my gosh, that is just, it's like it's being liberated almost. I wonder if that's why we both seem to be on this mission to empower our fellow introverts by helping them to recognize the power that they have and their attributes and to educate. And I wonder, because the same thing with me, when I found out in the Myers-Briggs and Susan Cain's book, both were life-changing for me in helping with my self-discovery and understanding okay, yeah, I'm a goofball, but, and, and yeah, that weirdness that I thought was just me is not me. It's, it's a lot of people. So I, I relate uh, wholeheartedly with what you're saying. Yeah. And, and your so-called weirdness isn't actually weird. That's the other part of it. It's just, it just is. I, I will often say to people, you know, because before long, it can become like the Sneetches. I don't know if you remember that Dr. Seuss book with the star-bellied Sneetches with stars upon the R's and one thinking they're better than the other. And it, what it really boils down to is extroversion is not better than introversion. And introversion is certainly not better than extroversion. Your, your introversion just is, period. Like, it needs to stop the weird or if there's something wrong with me or whatever. It's just, that's a part of who you are. And so you just you just figure out what your strengths are. You play to those and go forth. I, yeah. I, I can tell from afar that that's what you do too, Jerry. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what you're doing in a nutshell and why I would think. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we're, we are part of the same tribe, which we already know that. Yep. So let me ask, I wanted to ask about in your latest newsletter, you talked about introversion is part of your core iOS system. Now see, and I love when people can, give analogies and just like Carmen, who you, my friend Carmen, who talked about the analogy of introverts are pearls and extroverts are diamonds, which you quoted in your newsletter. And so I love how you talked about introversion as part of our core iOS system. Can you explain that and the analogies that you used in that article? Sure. And I'll, I'll just tell you briefly why I use analogies like that in the first place. It has occurred to me, Jerry, and I'm sure this has happened to you, that while, you know, we are surrounded by fellow introverts, if you will, it's just a few of us who are thinking about it nonstop. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's something you're interested in, and so you're always thinking about introversion. It's something that I'm interested in and passionate about, and so I'm always thinking about it and writing about it and studying it. But, but most people, that's just, that's just not how it is for them they're going about their lives and worrying about their kids and their job. Like they're just going along and doing their thing. And they're not sitting around thinking about, Oh, I wonder what my introversion is, you know, doing today and having an impact. And so for people who are more in that typical zone, 
it's just helpful to have some really simple ways of thinking of your introversions because you're really not thinking of it all the time. And one way to think about it is, is that you have an operating system. There's Macintosh operating systems and there's Windows-based PC operating systems. And as I said in the article, the Macintosh people will sort of tease the PC people and say, you know, our, our operating system is superior. And the PC people will tease the Mac people and say, no, 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 ours is superior. And of course, the Linux people come along and say, you guys are both, you know, out of your minds. Ours is the best. But it's just a dumb discussion because they're, they're just different systems. And so if you're trying to, if you're an introvert and you're out there listening to this, for example, or reading about it, and you're trying to get your hands around what it's all about, one of the ways you can look at it is just to say to yourself, I have an operating system and it's an introvert's operating system. Because then you can remember, for example, that you like one-on-one deep conversations like you and I are having now, Jerry, versus trying to go to the bar and, and fight the music and all the people and you can't have an in-depth conversation at all. And again, it doesn't make you weird. It just makes you have a different operating system. So that's that's kind of where it comes from. And it, I use two other ones, too. One's, one really common one is the battery analogy. A lot of people who are introverts relate to that. You know, my, I'm drained and so I need to recharge. That's a very helpful one. And then the other one that I use in the, is a cup of water. The introverts are almost full already. And so it doesn't take much stimulation from the outside world before you're overflowing and you've got a problem. And so I just talk about people sort of managing their cup of water and making sure it's full, but not too full. I love that. Thank you. You also talk about introverts asking for help. And this touched me deeply. I do not ask for help. And I am there to help everyone else. And just rarely do I ask for help. And I, again, thought it was just me. But you're talking about that's an introvert thing. So why do you think that is? And and then what are you suggesting that, that we do about that? I only have a theory, Jerry, and it goes like this. I, I think as introverts, we're hesitant to ask for help because far too often in our lives, when we have gathered up the courage to ask for help, we've, we've either asked the wrong person or or they are coming at us from a different angle, and so they want to change us instead of actually helping us. If, if for example, I go to uh, a counselor because I have a job interview and I want to get some interviewing, you know, prepare for my interview to do the best I can, and I'm an introvert, you know, if, if they talk to me about extrovert sort of oriented things like, you know, you should give them a phone call beforehand and talk to them, and, and you know, it, it is, it's just... Um, instantly that I'm glazed over and it's gone. But it's better if I ask for help from somebody who is actually more on my wavelength to begin with. Then it's then it's easier, then it's more effective. And so it makes more sense to do that. But that's to me the reason we're hesitant in the first place is because we've had some bad experiences on those few times we have reached out. And so the solution is to be very careful and be very selective about who you go to for that's, your help. That's deep. As soon as you said it, that hit me. Like, yeah, that's it. I know that's your theory. That's a good theory. And well, I, 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 I would agree with that. And I'm glad you're talking about this and, 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 and educating your audience or getting your audience to think. I think that's what's so powerful about your newsletter is you're just pushing us to think a little bit, you know, and, and to just, and it all helps with us understanding who we are. 
you, you just made my year. So thank you. Because <laughs> that is that's the reason I do it in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, people people often ask me, why do you do a newsletter that costs you money to print and mail to people? Mail. Yeah. They think they actually do think something's wrong with me or I missed something. And there's a lot of reasons I won't go into, but one of them is that I just want people to think about this the way that you and I think about it, Jerry, like, because it's, it's one of these hidden things in life that is right in front of our face that affects us every day. But we somehow just don't connect the dots until somebody keeps pointing it out and saying, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that whole bit about the fact that you don't want to go to the holiday party doesn't say anything about you and whether something's wrong with you. It's just, all it really says is that the holiday party just isn't in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Those are two different things. And so that's kind of why I get on my soapbox. Okay. <laughs> All right. Speaking of holiday party, uh, many are returning to the office soon. And so I wanted to talk about distractions. I definitely am a victim to that. And I've been back in an office and it's so funny that I'm listening to people are far away from me. It's only like five people on my floor. And I notice that the person who is, I don't know, a thousand feet away from me and it's so quiet, I can hear her conversation. Or if I have bionic hearing or what. And so I am listening to her conversation and it's all work stuff, but it's interesting stuff that she's talking about. And I hear her and then it takes me away from what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, am I just nosy? You know, am I that nosy? But I definitely am distracted. And, and I always have my ringer off and uh, my noise levels. I, I definitely keep low. Um, but in your newsletters, you talk about how some of us may be easily distracted by our phones, other people, noise. Can you share a little bit more about that? Sure. But it's nice that I say some of the other people because that's me, Jerry. That, and I, I think it's a lot of introverts that it happens to. But let me just tell you the lengths that I went to 10 minutes before we started talking today. Okay. My, my phone is not in this office with me downstairs. My phone is upstairs. So I go way beyond turning it off. It can't be in my physical presence. When our three cats are in their cat room with the door shut so that they don't come and pound on this door. When I'm writing the newsletters, I, the phone is in another room. The wireless connection is disconnected. All my other software programs are shut. It just is endlessly important to me to stay in that zone of work, that deep work zone that you need to be in as an introvert. And the only way to do that that I have found I'm a big fan of, maybe you've heard of Cal Newport. He's written a book called Deep Work, and he talks a lot about this subject of the lengths you need to go to to make sure that you can get in that deep zone of work that you need and to stay there. And that means you have to prevent interruptions whenever possible and make sure that you're not tempting yourself with interruptions that are right in front of you, the primary one being that I won't, <laughs> I won't, <laughs> I won't put the word in front of it, but that phone. Yeah. Phone is killing us. And I don't, I don't mind the phone, but I just know that in my own life, if I want to get into this zone of deep work or a deep conversation with you, Jerry, that phone cannot, that cannot be here. So I, why I to, is it, Peter, why isn't turning the ringer off enough? What? I bet, it, I bet it is for you. Maybe just, not. Maybe that's why I can't get anything done because I have the ringer off, but I'm always looking at my phone. That's my problem. 
And I think that's a, a really common problem. It's just, it can't, for me, I just know that it cannot be in my presence. It has to be far away from me. It's, it's literally, I, like I said, the phone for me right now is upstairs. It can't be here because it just can't. <laughs> we don't have to go into it, but those, those things are made to be addictive. They're made to keep your eyes on them. They know what they're doing and it's fine. They're, there's room in life for our phones. I'm not anti-phone or something like that. But if I want to get some work done as an introvert who needs to focus and get into my topic in depth, my phone can't be around me. And the internet can't be on. The, the wireless, I literally do disconnect. I cannot, I put up a roadblock between me and the internet so that I don't say to myself, oh, I can look up another detail for this story. And, wow. you know, you're off to the races. I don't think it says anything about the person. It's just that's how powerful that these technologies are. And so my way of coping with it and the way that I suggest to other introverts, in some ways this applies to everybody, but introverts in particular, we love our deep zone of thought, right? We love to just get into that, whatever it's called. It's called flow or you call it whatever you call it. And the moment that that is disrupted, it's really difficult to get it back. But when you're in it, you're doing you're doing your absolute best work. You're yeah. doing your, the best work you've got that you're here on this earth for. And so I, I go to great lengths to try to, you know, make sure that I keep it. And I think that's why the beginning of the pandemic, introverts were okay outside of, of course, the tragedies and the fear and everything we were dealing with. But we were able to cultivate an environment that worked for us, for many of us. Even though you may have had your wife there and the kids and the cats, but some people were able to create their day in a way that it allowed for them to have the quiet time and whatever they need to step outside. And now that we're going back to work, I wonder what will people do? So for you and I, who we're talking about the phone, because this is an issue of mine. And so I think I may try what that strategy because I have some writing to do. So maybe I'll move it to another room. Is there anything that you can offer when we're in the office? What can we do if people are around us, if we're easily distracted? Do you have any ideas, any thoughts on that? I do, and I'm actually putting together an article on that right now. It's funny you should ask about that because the first thing that I think about when I think about that issue is it's really easy for you to say that, Pete, because you work from home in an office and you're not in an office for the first time in two years in an open floor plan environment surrounded by many, many extroverted people who want to come bounce off ideas with you. And oh, by the way, the phone is there and all the rest. So there there are some things you can do. Some people swear by the, the, the noise-canceling headphones. I think that is a good idea, but you have to talk to people about that first. That's the, that's the cautionary note. Right, so they don't think you're in their jam into Prince or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with Prince, but yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, it's, it's something that you have to talk to people about so that they don't think you're being, because you're too prone to being seen as rude or, or standoffish. You know, you know all the labels that are coming with that. Yes. It's sort of on us to communicate the fact that I need to, if I really want to do good work for you, boss or colleague or whoever it would be, if you really want me to do my best work, I need to have some focus from time to time. One of the ways that I do that is to put on noise-canceling headphones so that I can get into my deep zone of work that I need to have. And, you know, related to that, some people put signs on their door, you know, do not disturb or whatever, and that helps too. 
some people can find quiet corners. They'll reserve a conference room. They'll reserve a little workroom, kind of like you would do maybe at the library. It sort of yeah. depends on your workplace. But really, Jerry, uh, it, it boils down to communicating what you need. That's, that's the hardest part because that's very often hard for all of us as introverts to begin with. But if we're thinking in terms of our boss's perspective or the, you know, the people on our team, we can really just tell them the truth. If you really want my best work, then this is what I need to give that to you. And that's just the way it is. And I think most people respond fairly positively if you're giving them something that helps their bottom line, their workload, their whatever. If, yeah. it's, a, if it's about them and, and getting their job done, then you get yeah. what you need, but you're selling it from their perspective. Yes, I love that. Yes, thank you, Peter. Mm-hmm. You've talked about how you've been guilty of seeing your introvert strengths as weaknesses. Me too. No longer now, but I used to then. How did you overcome that? It's still a work in progress every day. I would say this is the truthful answer. I, I have largely overcome that. And yeah. part, part of it is when we, when we were talking earlier about sort of understanding that there was a thing called introversion, that, that helped me enormously on its own. But part of it has been just the more that I read about it, what I've figured out just with, you know, getting older and, and researching this topic in depth is that for every negative that's portrayed about introverts and introversion, there's a positive that you can put in your brain and continue repeating to yourself. And I'll just give you an example. All our kids in school have the word teamwork drummed into their heads every day. And for good reason, because people are working in teams that's on the job. That makes sense. But it sometimes becomes, it, it gets turned into you don't really work very well on a team or there'll be these little sort of shots that you'll, that you'll get. You, you don't work well with other people, that kind of thing. And may, that may or may not be, but almost always the positive flip side of that is you are super strong at working by yourself. Yeah, independent. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm your boss and it's so helpful that I can just give you something and send you on your way and I don't have to babysit you and check in on you and wonder if you're listening to prints on your headphones instead of doing your work, I, I can just trust you. So what I have learned, I guess, Jerry, is that for every sort of negative thing, and there are lots of them, I challenge anybody listening to go to thesaurus.com someday, type in the word extroverted. You'll see a nice list of positive-sounding words. Type in the word introverted. You'll see a list of largely negative-sounding words. That's kind of what we're up against. but. If you just can keep reminding yourself that whatever somebody else is portraying as a weakness or what you have fallen into the trap of portraying as a weakness, it, it, there is always a flip side to it that is a strength. And that's the part that you have to hang on to and keep reminding yourself of. But I don't necessarily buy that introverts don't work well in teams that could go one way or the other, but they absolutely almost always work superbly on their own. And so they can just be trusted to just go do their thing and they're not going to mess around and screw around and waste time. They're just going to do their work. Just leave them alone. Your management strategy can be just get out of their way. Yes, that's powerful. And also combat the negative with the positive because it is a mindset and we do need to train our minds and not let that negative talk get us down or those negative perceptions 
get into our heads. So I am going to think about that strategy, you know, just what's the opposite, because most likely you have that opposite. You bring the opposite. So why not focus on that, hone in on that? Yeah. And, and, you know, there was a reason when I first started responding to this question, I said, I'm still working on it. And I think that is the truthful answer for anybody who's an introvert. We do live in an extroverted culture. Um, That's just what we have. We can talk about that, but that's just what we have. That's what we have. So it sort of becomes a decision to make of how are you going to handle this and how are you going to go choose to live your life? And one of the things you can do is say, is, is just make this decision that, you know, if I, if I start thinking negative things about myself or if some people think things that are negative about me, I'm going to work hard on thinking about the opposite and making sure that I tell myself that, you know, maybe there's things I don't have just like everybody else, but there's a lot of stuff that I do have. And then it, then it really does come down to, well, what do you choose to focus on? Yeah. You know how it is, Jerry. It's, some days it's easier than others. Some days yeah. it's just simple and some days it's just, you don't, you don't know anything. Yeah. You've never thought about it. Yeah. Thank you. And we are running out of time, Peter, but I can't let you get away. I need to talk to you about your online class. I also want you to say something about your book, but also I want you to talk about how you say when introverts are passionate about something, they become like Popeye getting his spinach. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I feel like that's where I am now. I can talk about introversion all day. And I feel like you can too. So what is that about when we're passionate about something we're all in? Well, let me, let me take those in order and we'll get the first two out of the way really quickly. Okay. Um, The online course, the online course is called be the introvert you are. And all it really is, is, is teaching you a model that you can use a, a tool that you can use in your everyday life as an introvert to be healthy and happy your own way. The easiest way to think of it is Jerry, anyone listening, think of your worst day. You know, short of somebody dying or something horrible like that, what are you feeling like when you're having a really bad day? When I'm having a really bad day as an introvert, I'm not getting any time to myself. I don't have any time to think. There's too much happening at one time. And I'm like that rock that skips across the water. I'm the rock, like just on and on and on. You can't sink your teeth in. And so I've developed a model that I call the four pillars of introvert well-being. And that's what the course is about. The four pillars are solitude, reflection, focus, and depth. And all they really are are the four things you need each day as an introvert to be healthy and happy. And so the course teaches you that model so that if you are having a bad day, you've got some kind of a strategy that you can use to make it better. And ideally, it, would, it, it will help you prevent those bad days from happening in the first place because you can plan for your solitude. You can plan for your focus, etc. And it, it all rests on something I call the a positive self-concept of yourself as an introvert, which we've touched on, you know, here and there in the in the podcast today. But you need to you need to think of yourself in positive terms as I'm an introvert and not, I'm not not as I'm not something. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. So that's that's the course in a nutshell. The book was wait. Just how me. do we how do we take the course? The course, I, I'm still recording it as we speak. Okay. And I will, if, if you come to introvertinsights.com, my website, or if you email me at peter at introvertinsights.com, if you're interested, we can talk about it. The book was my soapbox moment, Jerry. I pretended that the world was listening to introverts for an hour 
And this is what introverts would say to the world if the world was listening for an hour. That's really all it is. It's, it's basically explaining who introverts are instead of focusing on what they're not. So that's what that's all about. And what's the title? The Introvert Manifesto. And again, you can find out about that on my website as well. That's on Amazon and whatnot, too. And add me to your list for the, cl- for the class. I will do that, Terry. Thank you. Okay. But now back, back, Energizer Bunny. back to your Energizer Bunny. This is the most fascinating phenomenon of being an introvert that I can think of. And I have seen it time and again, not only with my own self, but with you and with everybody else in the introvert space and everybody everywhere who has some kind of a thing that they're just jazzed about. What people who identify with introversion will often think to themselves is, oh my gosh, I could never do such and such. I could never do I could never do a podcast like Jerry Bingham does. I could never do a newsletter like I could never da 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 da. And you know what? If you're not that much into introversion, maybe that's true. Yeah. But your topic area, you will become a completely you become more extroverted than the most raging extrovert you will ever see. <laughs> if it's in your wheelhouse. And that's why it's so, it's, I think it's important, Jerry, for everybody to be passionate about what they do, knowing that, you know, it, it can't all just be roses all the time. But if there's anyone on this earth who just thrives by loving what they do, it's an introvert because they suddenly just become the energizer bunny. You, you will see them right before your eyes. If you, if you hit them on their topic or their thing, Right before your eyes, you see a person completely reborn. They will talk your ear off. They will, they will love it themselves. They'll be energized instead of drained like they usually are. And so it's an interesting phenomenon on the one hand, but the lesson that I take from it as an introvert is that if I find what I really love to begin with, it makes everything not only easier, but way more satisfying to, to participate in. And you really do just, you, you get this kind of jolt of energy like you're drinking a 16 Mountain Dews or something. And it's amazing. I'm sure you've experienced it yourself. I'm sure people have listening to this have experienced it. And maybe they haven't figured out, well, gee, I wonder what happened then. And what happened was you found your wheelhouse. You found your spot. You found your, you know, whatever you want to call it. And that's the thing that you should focus on if you want to do things that really jazz you and that really energize you. Yeah. So thank you, Peter, for all that you've given to us today. We can't wait to learn more about your class. And uh, I hope that other people will check out your newsletter and get so much out of it that I'm getting out of it. And I haven't even read all of them, you know, so that's on my to-do list. So keep up the work that you're doing and let people know where to find you, where to follow you. Introvertinsights.com is my website. And again, if if people would just like to get in touch with me personally, the, my email is peter at introvertinsights.com. And I would love to hear from you. I, that's, I'm a one-on-one sort of person, introvert that I am. Yeah. So it would be great to hear from people. And Jerry, you keep doing what you do too. I love watching from afar. I love Thanks. listening to the podcast from afar. And it's always fun. I'm sure you've experienced this. It's just fun to watch people doing things with this whole topic and I appreciate what you do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Peter. And thank you for being a guest today on Hush Loudly. Thank you. 
enjoy Hush Loudly, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to us. Did you know Hush Loudly has t-shirts? Yep, show the world you're an introvert without saying a word. We also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us. Go to hushloudly.com slash shop.